Welcome to a very special edition of On the Path. It is so special that we didn't even know we were doing it until about an hour ago. Lucy, how excited I are you? I love that. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, we've just uh, spent the last two hours watching the season two world premiere of The Witcher, uh, The Witcher Netflix, and we enjoyed it that much. We decided to jump on and film a podcast about it or record a podcast, I should say. Yeah, and this is obviously the red, the like red carpet premiere of it. Like we didn't yeah. see the episode. That's who I'm jealous of. Like right now, they're mm. watching that episode. Yeah, it would be great to be there. I was wondering actually because there was a lot of people there who were speaking, who were fans, who were speaking about how they had been there since four a.m. or whatever. Um, do they get to go in and watch the episode, or is that purely for the actual guests? That, that's a that's a good question. I know, mm. like two years ago, they had the premiere. They had a premiere in Los Angeles. Okay. Because I know a friend of the show who's been on a previous episode, Tracy Miss Magitech. She was there. Oh yeah. And she's, she's got a lot of pictures from there. I don't know if that was the world world premiere or anything, but I would think mm. that. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe it yeah. is just. It could just be the cast and everybody as this premiere, and then maybe other ones they'll have can have, I guess, people that can get there. It's so many NDAs you'd have to worry about, you know, people spoiling. Oh, yeah. Mm, so I don't sure. know I don't know how they do it. But what we're going to do here is this will kind of serve as a rehash of the first season also. We're going to go over each character as they were interviewed during this red carpet premiere, and we'll kind of talk about what they did in the first season, maybe what we're looking forward to. This is really kind of a grab bag and things are kind of all over. And again, it is serving as an instant reaction. So we very hastily threw things down on this script and we're kind of going to talk and we might jump all over the place. But the first thing to get out of the way is when this first started, I was like, ah, okay. I wasn't kind of that into it. And as I kept mm -hmm. talking to everybody, and as I kept hearing what they were saying, I am now as hyped and excited for this season as ever. Yeah, I'm so excited. And what really got me excited was quite a large number of the actors um, that were interviewed tonight are clearly so excited about this. And one thing I noticed, I won't mention anyone specifically because I'm sure we'll mention it later when we talk about them, but the woman that was interviewing them um, would say something, um, assume something, and they would correct her and be like, no, it's not actually like that. It's more like this. And you can see how how into the story they are and how excited they are about it and i loved that you can tell how uh how involved they are in the story i'm completely pulling this out of my ass i have no idea <laughs> but one thing outside of henry cavill every single one of these actors are somewhat i would say new or not as well known mm. i've never heard of really of any of them before they've been cast they have been in shows that you know if some people have watched they'll recognize them but this isn't, excuse me, this isn't a big name cast. And so I do no. think it's something that they're so excited for because maybe they haven't been on this stage yet as big as this, this massive Netflix premiere. And they went all out with that decoration of Leicester Square, didn't they? Mm, yeah, it looked amazing. And you're totally right. I think one of the actresses um, who plays Francesca said that this is her first acting job. So you can imagine that being your first job. You're right in the thick of it in London um in front of however many people it's it's insane the the scale of it it's yeah it's beyond anything that i'm sure a lot of them have been in and even someone like freya allen playing siri yeah i looked up her filmography and it's really only a handful of things she's done 
Yeah, I mean, she's so young as well. Yeah, we will get to her, though. So we're kind of going to go in order of the way they came. And if we missed one out of order, that's on me and whatever. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> but the first one up, Fringilla, was up first. And do you know how to say her name? I believe it's Mimi M. Kaisa. Kaisa, okay. I could be wrong. Well, I guess there's no one here to correct us, is there? Yeah. So yeah. she was interviewed on screen, and I don't know, it's because they brought up COVID at times. I know the person we'll talk about next, uh, Christoph Hoivu, mentioned COVID as well, but mm -hmm. a lot of people were there in person, and they weren't, you know, in mass, so maybe it's just what she's doing, could be working on something. And so with yeah. Fringilla, what did you think of Fringilla in the first season? Um, I find her a little bit difficult to understand because i think we first meet her in aratuza when she's um there with yennefer and all the other um mages learning to control their powers and i quite liked her at this point and then obviously she goes off and joins nilfgaard um and i didn't really get where her character was going but that may have been due to my kind of lack of knowledge like background knowledge at the time i'm gonna do a rewatch of the series one starting tomorrow and i think i'll probably understand it loads more now considering how i've delved more into the games and started with the books so what what did you think of her in the series well her and Nilfgaard are both vastly different at okay. this point in the show from the books like they have really hit on this cult of the great sun and made her and seemingly all these Nilfgaardian soldiers major religious fanatics and mm. that is something that was definitely not from the books. so I'm very curious to see what they do with her and Nilfgaard, almost as much as anything, is just to see where they take those. Because we've seen from the armor, that whole, you can call it a, it's just dumb. Like, people complain about the Nilfgaard armor from the first season. <laughs> yeah. And then the second season, their armor has been upgraded. And I remember the showrunner, Lauren Hissrich, talking about, in the first season, they were almost considered this backwater little kingdom. And by yeah. now, they've conquered all of this. There's this, they're this booming empire, and that's been shown in this change of armor. And so just yeah. to see where they take that, and then Fragilla in particular, is one of those things I'm excited for because it is so different. I can't look at the book and be like, well, I know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's mm. going to happen with it. So it makes it more exciting for me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think her as an actress as well, she comes across so well, like when she was speaking, I just think she seems really sweet and she seems really um, knowledgeable on the character and she seems really invested in the character as well. Like you mentioned before, every single one of them seems that way. Yeah. They all seem to really care about their character. And they might they might just know what to say. And I know in, yeah, part <laughs> well, in particular, the guy, his name slips my mind, but the guy that played Stannis Baratheon in Game of Thrones was, oh, on, yeah. was on the record multiple times being like, I don't know what the hell this shit is. I don't care about it, but <laughs> yeah. it's a hell of a paycheck. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him for that. Funny. But it's, you know, it is mm -hmm. nice when you like something this much and IP this much when the actors mm -hmm. are just like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm here. This is incredible. Look at this character, especially quote unquote villains such as yep. Fringilla right now, I suppose. Mm -hmm. so no, I totally agree. Yeah. I think as well, uh, when you mentioned Stannis, I remember that so clearly because I was such a Stannis fan. I was so on board with Stannis yeah, he's and great. I remember, he, yeah, he was such a good character. Um, I was fully rooting for him. And when I heard the the clip or whatever of him saying that as much as I thought yeah good for you at the same time I was like oh like I would love if he was super excited about it in the way that these these actors were this evening I think Ian McShane said the show is I think he's the one 
I think he's where the tits and dragons came from. <laughs> they ask him about this. I mean, it's Ian McShane. I mean, he's talking about a legend among legends. And they're asking him all this stuff here. And he's like, it's a show about tits and dragons. What are you talking about? It's, like, it's not that serious. So that, that might have been my favorite there. Yeah. But using that segue, speaking of Game of Thrones, Kristoff uh, or Christopher Hoyview, I think I said that mm. right, is playing Novellan. And they interviewed him and the actress, I, her name slipped my mind, Agnes something, who is playing Verena. And do you, yeah. you know anything about Novellan and Verena? So I have read the short story from The Last Wish, um, A Grain of Truth. Okay. So I do know the story. Um, I do feel like it's going to differ a little bit in the series because Christopher was saying this evening that he and Geralt, or sorry, Novellan and Geralt in the show are old friends and Geralt used to know him before he was transformed into a beast. Whereas in the story, in the book, I'm pretty sure that's, that's their first meeting and they just sort of, uh, Geralt sort of just stumbles across Novellan's house in the woods. There they didn't seem to be a backstory at all. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's what it is. And obviously in the book, um, Cirilla isn't there either. So they have to write her into the story as well. So it's another one of those that's going to be very much an adaptation rather than just a straight telling of the story from the book. Okay. I, well, I missed that where Did you? they said, yeah, that they knew each other before. Mm, yeah, he mentioned it quite uh, at the at the very beginning. Um, he just said, "Yeah, Geralt and him are old friends, and he's changed since he last seen Geralt." Okay, because yeah, we've spoken, I know, before about in the books why Novellan is that way, and I figure there's no way they're gonna do that same thing. Yeah, like what I feel they like do. that would be, especially because in the trailer they've kind of portrayed him as this character that you're gonna love, and he's like this kind of cute but weird creature and he's kind of jolly i think if it was to come out that he had done what he did in the books i don't know if they would do that i don't think they would you don't need to because like you said we're supposed to like him i don't think they would have gotten christoph as this character if we were if we were supposed to dislike him like that guy's yeah. too likable and he's he's kind of playing it very torment like i'll admit yes like, very I, I, much I was so. kind of getting that there so, wow, okay, that will be good. So, But with Verena, the Bruxa, and again, we won't mm -hmm. talk about you know anything because she was also very coy about what she could say, which isn't yeah. much because we're not supposed to know that much about her, but she is a Bruxa, a type of vampire who is with Novellan, and those were the, I'm trying to think of, not the creepiest, but maybe the freakiest of almost all the enemies in The Witcher 3 were the Bruxas because of that hiss yes. and howl that they would do. Mm -hmm. It was so unnerving. And I think we kind of got a, a sound of that in the trailers, haven't we? Yeah. And just before they started interviewing the guests this evening, um, they were playing some sounds that were coming from the set of Novellan's house, which I think was supposed to be the Bruxa as well. Yes, you're and, right. Yeah. And the, the sound that she makes in the trailer, it's almost like a clicking noise and then a scream. Yeah. It's so eerie sounding. Yeah, that's going to be, oh, that of all the fights and everything, I know they're supposed to be a, a leshy or a leshin mm -hmm. in this season, but a bruxa in the snow in this courtyard, and I guess we're getting that right off the bat. So Yeah, I think that's going to be episode one. Yeah, that'll be, can't wait for that.
Yeah, I, but like you say, she was being very, very coy about what she was saying. She wasn't giving anything away at all. But one thing she did say was um, she had this beautiful dress on and she had her makeup done really nicely. And she was like, I wanted to look really nice tonight because I'm not going to look this way in the show. You're not you're not going to recognise me in the show. So I think they must, when she turns into this Brooksa, she must look completely different. Yeah, no, that's a big thing with actors because it's one thing that I've learned to just let go when it comes to medieval stories is people fighting without helmets on. I'm like, mm. if you were fighting in this medieval style hand-to-hand, if you did not have a helmet, you are dead. You are as good yeah. as dead. You are going to get your bell rung, and you're going to have a half <laughs> second, and you're going to get killed. But that's you want your face on camera if you're an actor. Exactly. And so, like, I get that in someone like Novella, and you can't even tell that that's him. Mm-hmm. So I guess good for him for being like, yeah, what the hell? Although he did say that's right. I remember him saying he didn't know what that character was when he signed mm-hmm. on. Did you hear that? I think so, yeah. And then he was like, then I heard it's some kind of boar slash man slash bear. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, oh, my God, how funny would that be if he signed on and then they're like, oh, you're going to be in full makeup and CGI. <laughs> like They won't even know who you are. And he's like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get a little bit more money out of that. <laughs> but someone we do get a very good look at is Eamon. I can't remember his last name. I don't even know first names. Eamon mm-hmm. something. But anyway, that is Kair Moir Different Ip Sialik. And yeah, he is the, well, he's a Nilf Guardian, but you're going to hear a lot in the future how he's not a Nilf Guardian. And I always feel okay. bad saying this, but this guy looks like a fucking Nazi stormtrooper tearing his way through Poland. <laughs> oh, this doesn't age. He looks so evil. He's a perfect look. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is he looks so evil, which is a good look for Kyra at this time. And then this Nilfgaardian yeah. soldier slash agent coming up. But then he gets interviewed here and I'm like, this is the most likable dude ever. He's so lovely. And I have, is he Australian? I don't know. You said Eamon sounded Irish, and well, I kind of I thought he was like Irish. an Irish name, yeah. yeah. But his accent was just—I couldn't put my finger on exactly where his accent was from. But a lot of people were saying Australian. Yeah, Eamon Farron is an Australian actor. There we go. Man, he has got some just tight cut features on there. Oh my god, the jaw! Oh and man, the, you know the I, cheekbones. I was gonna say this at the end, but I can't. Like, just not do it now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody at that red carpet event, from the people we didn't even know who they were, are yeah. impossibly attractive. It's insane. Like, I couldn't believe... Like, I was watching it with my hands over my face, like, what is going on? These people are insanely good-looking. That must be the secret to the show, isn't it? It's just... We just get everybody... <laughs> everybody is just impossibly handsome. It's incredible. <laughs> And so, yeah, I feel bad like saying this guy looks like an SS soldier. <laughs> I don't know, maybe but he's he... still very handsome. Oh no, completely. Oh, like I said, I'm literally running down the list, and I'm like, okay, everybody, okay, everybody there, everybody there. Yeah, no, they're mm-hmm. not. Are they? No, okay. Like I can't <laughs> think of anybody. And then, like you talked about the red carpet, there's people like, hey, who is that? Oh, who is that? Who is that? Mm-hmm. And it's just okay. They knew, they knew how to get a red carpet um, audience or people to walk that, didn't they? Yeah, even the guests that they had uh, invited that weren't actors, they all looked fantastic. So the only thing you know about Kyer is from the first season of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. So I still feel quite um, in the dark as to his character, to be honest. Um, I need to refresh my memory of season one again, like we talked about earlier. Um, I remember uh, specifically a bit of series one where he was having a... Was it him that 
fought himself as the Doppler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that confused me so much. Because but... I was just like, what's a Doppler? What's happening? So I'm actually really excited to rewatch it tomorrow, you know. Yeah, the, the Dopplers are very different from the books and the games. Mm. And Kyer, because he's not any kind of point of view character, obviously that was show created and we're not really with him kind of by himself at this yeah. time. I guess there's not really point of view characters in The Witcher. I shouldn't say it like that. But so much of him is show created and it's sodden you know he shows up and he's like a general like leading wasn't he mm, yeah yeah i think so yeah and that again that is not that's not at all he was not there in the books so his character okay. his character has been so far vastly different other than he was the one he was the black knight of Sintra, the black helmed or the black raptor helmed nightmare of siri he did abduct siri from Sintra, and she did escape from right. him so that part is accurate but he's one for sure. I can't wait to keep an eye out on him because, again, it is an adaptation. But he could play a major role, and he'll be he'll be a fun one. I'm really really excited to see what that guy does with him. Mm, and his new armor does look very cool. They all yeah they all look very cool. And the black helm I can't even remember. Did he have a he had the he had to have the maybe he didn't. Did he not have a black helm? He had to. Uh I think he did. He had to, right? I guess I need to rewatch the series also. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah, he had to, because that, that's a big thing. Again, it's not a spoiler, but it is a big thing that Siri remembers about that yeah. was this nightmare in this black helmed person. Well, okay. We're going to move on because I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm stepping in it for years down the road. So, away from Kyer and on to Papa Vess and Kim Bodnia. Bodnia. And uh, I'll let you lead with this because I know okay. I know you love him. <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with Kim Bodnia at the moment. So, there is a breakfast show here in the UK called This Morning, which is probably the most popular breakfast show going. And Kim Bodnia was on it recently, uh, a few days ago. And he that was the first time I've heard him speak um uh, you know in real life and i couldn't believe his kind of energy like he was so enthusiastic like he was just beaming with joy and holly and phil who are the two presenters were just so engaged with him and you know i don't get the vibe that either of them will have watched the witcher um but they were just so entranced almost by him he's so excited and he was speaking about how he played the witcher 3 with his sons and how his sons are just so proud and chuffed of, with him for getting the role of Vesemir. Um, I wanted to ask as well if you have heard of the show Killing Eve. Yeah, that's the one with... God, her name just slipped my mind. Jodie Comer. Yeah, and um, the... Oh, who's oh, the... Oh, Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh, that's who it is. Yeah, she's the main character, right? Yeah. I've yeah, only heard right. I've only heard amazing things about it, but it's probably oh. show number 27 on my backlog. Is it? Yeah, yeah so... Kim Bodnia is in Killing Eve as well. So that's that's the only other place I know him from in terms of um, shows or whatever. And he's just amazing in it as well. And him and Jodie Comer have the most amazing chemistry in the TV show. And I just can't wait to see him as Vesemir. And we you saw a little clip. They showed a little clip on this morning of Vesemir um, speaking with Geralt about how I, sh I told you not to um, claim a child of surprise and he's just got his hands on his hips and he's like trying to be angry but he's just so sweet and i just love him as an actor so much and i can't wait to see what he brings to Geralt. i think it'll be amazing you mean to Viz? what to did the, i say to Geralt? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's too many Baileys for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, that's maybe that's my problem with these. I need to have more drinks. Have a drink, yeah. I do need no, to have. Well, I, I'm, obviously, yeah. I mean Besmer. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. He, uh, she, oh, yeah, yeah. With Vesemir, a big thing, though, and for me, and I can speak for other people, is just mm. having to get used to hearing him and not hearing Witcher 3 Vesemir's voice. Yeah. Like, legit pop Vess and an old man Vess. And, mm. like, Kim Bodnia, he definitely sounded way more youthful, mm. and way more youthful than Witcher 3 Vess. And so that's something that's probably going to take me at least a few scenes to kind of get used to. But yeah. as long as he can really command that role mm. and like especially because again he's so little in the books like like that's it really oh that's it like all the witchers this is not a spoiler for the books or anything the witcher bros and vesemir they show up at this point at the beginning of blood and elves and mm -hmm. they are never seen again except Isn't that mad? there's one that is seen again and it's at the very yes. very 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 end of the last book and I will not say any more of who that is or whatever, but that that's it. Like that's it for the Witchers. Mm, isn't that mad? Like, cause they're so they're such a big part of Witcher Three and the relationships they have with Geralt and with Ciri, I imagine as well, are going to be so interesting and so much of a family dynamic. I just feel like why why would you introduce them in the books and then not come back to it? That's my number one prediction, and not because I just want to see it their role will be greatly expanded because they've yeah. really shown this as a brotherhood. And you're right, in the books of the brotherhood, he's back home at Kaer Morin, and they all take to Siri. They train her, and they kind mm. of take this charge as older brothers, you know, even kind of fatherly figures like Geralt. And then, mm. yeah, it's like he's gone, and Geralt never asked them for help. He never comes across them. It's, it's really weird that Sapkowski did that, and it might be one of the first questions I would ask him was what was the yeah. reasoning for that. And the only thing I could think of was it would make Geralt more special. And maybe if there were three or four witchers running around, that's just too overpowering, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. But no, I, I, I hope to see a lot more of them, including the next guy that came up that we're going to talk about. And that is Lambert, Lambert, what a prick. But yep. this guy does not is not a prick at all. This the guy. Fuck, I should have wrote the names down. Paul, His name's Paul Bullion. Paul Bullion, that's who it is. This guy has been so upbeat and excited to play this role. He's been on almost every press thing I've seen. He was at WitcherCon on the panels. Mm -hmm. And more than anybody, this guy seems to be enjoying life to its fullest. Yeah, he seems like a really great guy. I follow him on Instagram as well, and he's very active on there. He posts a lot about you know fitness and he does marathons and he's doing loads for charity and he just seems to be loving life exactly what you said yeah also with him and this came up in your stream chat and mm. i admit i almost didn't want to say it because i didn't want to bring it to that and when i'm in other people's chats and streams i'm like don't start any shit don't encourage anything but one thing that has come up since beginning of casting is people not taking Triss, for example, and being like, he's yeah. not accurate, Triss is accurate, duh, 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 duh. and all this stuff, but it no one ever, so yeah, yeah, but no one ever brings up Lambert, and I'm like, this yeah. guy looks abso-fucking-lutely nothing, like his description or the games yeah. or anything, but it's funny how no one ever brings that up, 
Yeah, I was, I was, I, I know exactly what you mean about people in, in yeah. my stream because I was, I was reading the messages and sort of making comments, but I didn't want to get too far into it either. But yeah, yeah, it seems to be people are not happy with Tris, people are not happy with Yen, and some people are not happy with Francesca. Yeah. Um, all because supposedly their hair color or whatever. The skin but color like too. Say, let's just be honest. Skin color. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it is really. Yeah. But they kind of disguise it with uh, these. Oh, she's not got red hair. Or my my least favorite argument that I hear from people is, oh, these are based on. Um, is it skull? Is that the right word? Or they're based on. Um, you know, people from Eastern Europe. So they shouldn't be. You know, people that aren't white. And I'm just like, come on, man! Oh. <laughs> it's, it's not a real, it's not a real uh, country. It's the continent. Yeah, surely it's not that important. Yeah, like Slavic. Yes, Slavic. Yeah. What, did, what did I say? Skull. Skull. I think that means cheers. I think that means cheers. Yeah, you said skull, and I'm like the guy from The Witcher Three. Skull. <laughs> I was like, ooh. I think that means cheers in like Icelandic. Does so it? I don't know why that's come to my head. All right. Well, it does. But I mean really. Slavic, of course. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just so tiring at this point. Mm. Like you're you're rehashing arguments from literally like four fucking years ago. Like yeah. get over it now. But a big thing is Tris from The Witcher Three, and this mm. podcast will eventually get to her pretty quickly. Yeah, she's it's so stupid, so stupid that I'm like talking about an like animated character, but she is. She's very hot, and she makes yeah. a lot of guys pee pee go hard. <laughs> <laughs> and this Triss doesn't, and so they're upset that this mm. fictional character is not giving them a hard-on. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. I'm not getting worked up, I promise. People are just like, why are you getting so serious? It's just so stupid to me. It is. It's infuriating because, like you say, I just sort of think, can you imagine if in the TV show, you know, the if you think about the game, for example, the colors are so bright and they're so vibrant. The TV show's not like that. Yeah. If... If the character of um, Triss was to have red hair in the same way that Triss in the game has red hair, it would be completely out of place, and it would it would make her the center of each shot that she's in. So I just kind of try and think of it that way, like it just wouldn't work. And they've even given her kind of reddish hair in season two, yeah. and it looks it looks stunning, but it's not red in the same way that Triss's is red. It's more like a natural gingery color, which looks amazing, and it fits. It so I mean, it looks good. I'm kind of annoyed that they've caved and changed it for the people that are annoyed about it, but it does look good. Well, it also goes back to Sapkowski not giving a shit about his own lore, and when mm. Triss, and it's different translations as well. But when Triss is introduced, it's like chestnut auburn hair. Mm -hmm. So if you Google chestnut auburn hair, you can find some that are, oh, that's reddish. And people are like, yeah. oh, no, to me, like chestnut is brown. Oh, but auburn's a little bit orange and red. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of the books, like the second to last chapter, it straight up says she has like red hair. And mm. so that's kind of where it came from when you point to it. So, again, it is a dumb argument. It is. <laughs> We're yeah. all dumber for having discussed it and listened to it. <laughs> but yes, the people out there, they have placated you, you know, Tris Uwu fans or whatever. You're getting mm -hmm. your red hair. She's gorgeous. There you go. She looks amazing. And I love her as an actress. I was sad that we didn't see too much of her tonight. Yeah, that's another thing. Why Why do you think she wasn't interviewed? I don't know, because she, she was there. I thought she wasn't there at all. But at the very yeah, end, we was. saw a few clips and she was there. 
Um, but she didn't get interviewed. Yeah, I've got no idea why. The only thing I can think of is that was specifically done to maybe calm down those people that think she's a main character. Because if you've only played the games, Possibly. it's within reason to think there's that to think almost that she's bigger than Yen, especially until yeah. The Witcher Three. And so it's like, oh no, there are four main characters. And I try telling everybody there are two main characters from the books. And there's one number two character that's going to be Yen, and then there's everybody mm -hmm. else. It's yeah. it's those three at the top, and it's it's Geralt, kind of a one A series one B kind of thing, if you ask me. And mm -hmm. then it's Yen with them. It's these three, and it's everybody else. And judging by all the promotional images, it's always Geralt, or it's Geralt and Siri, or it's really Geralt, Siri, and Yen. At least all the ones I've seen. And so I think yeah. that's their way of saying like, there's a big three here. And Triss, mm -hmm. is, Triss is just not that big a character because it's going by the books. Yeah, exactly. I don't. We haven't seen her in any... Well, I think she did some press thing in Spain or something. Um, but we haven't seen her at WitcherCon as far as I can remember. It's, it's no been images a lot of Fringilla. Either, right? Yeah, a lot of Fringilla, a lot of Lambert. Um, but yeah, not much Triss. Um, hopefully that's because she's been busy. Maybe, yeah. yeah. yeah but speaking of people that we look good or that we love. How about old Yaskier Dandelion Dandelion? It's still weird again having to switch between this Dandelion and Yaskier. Because yeah. we're going to have to do that in the games where he's Dandelion and then come mm -hmm. back to the show where he's Yaskier. But this dude, is he's a musician clearly, but he is playing into this rock star image, isn't he? Yeah, he looked great. I love that he had his like shirt buttons open and his hairy chest was popping through. I think he looked great. Yeah, Newcastle's finest, right? Well, this is the thing. We were speaking about this on my stream. I, I couldn't pinpoint his accent. And I was saying he sounds like someone who's from the north, but he's moved down south and he lives in London now, which might be true. Um, And then everyone was like, he's from Newcastle, he's from Newcastle. And I was like, what? I didn't think Geordie at all. And then he started sounding Irish. And I can't talk about having a mixed up accent because mine is all over the place, but... He did not sound Geordie to me at all. I thought he kind of, it's weird. At first, I kind of thought he might have been American. And mm. maybe someone who was born in England who moved to America maybe when he was like maybe seven or eight or something yeah. or a teenager yeah. or vice versa. He was born in America and then went over there. And then, yeah, when I looked up in Newcastle upon Tyne and then I listened to him, I'm like, there is, there is like not much of an accent there at all, which to me always defaults to somewhere in America. Yeah, yeah. So with him, last we saw him, Geralt basically told him to fuck off. Oh, that broke my heart. Yeah, and again, we know, I guess, from the trailer or whatever, Geralt gets him out of a prison? Is that what it is with his mice? It looked like, yeah, it looked like he had been locked in this room somehow, and like he says he's made friends with these mice, and yeah, I can't figure out why he would be in that situation. But it looks like he's been... Wherever he's been, he's been there for a while. His hair has grown out. He's, I think they've tried to age him up a little bit. My biggest thing about him, and it's my biggest concern and worry, is if they play too much into comic relief. Right. Because they really leaned on that in the first season. And it was they did. every time he opened his mouth or every other time, I'm just bracing for funny, embracing yeah. for comedy. And I, I cannot stand that because it takes me out of shows Mm -hmm. When as soon as someone starts to talk, I'm like, oh, I guess it's supposed to be funny. Mm -hmm. And so I just there is a short story, a little sacrifice. You haven't read that one yet, right? 
No, I don't think so. Okay, you need to read that one. Okay. It's a standalone one. It's where... I should say it's when Yaskier becomes an actual character in the books. And he's right. not just this goober that tags along with Geralt that is kind of comic relief and funny. He becomes his own thing, and him and Geralt don't really see eye to eye. And it has what I think is almost universal as the most crushing ending of all the oh. short stories, and it's not even close. It is to this day a short story that if I even think about it or read it, I will tear up and legit start crying. Yeah, you need to you need to get on that one. It's it's something Which else. Which book is that in? Is it in the Last Wish? It must it must be in Sword of Destiny. Okay. I think it's in Sword of Destiny. I really should know that. <laughs> but I'll have I'm, a look for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Sword of Destiny because Sword of Destiny is it's so much better than the Last Wish because you know it's it's introducing so much so many things in that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's that's one. I'll remind you about that for sure. So Definitely. next up we have Big Boss herself, Lauren Smith Hesrich. Hess Rich, right? Mm. Hess Rich, right? Yeah. Okay. The, the interesting thing about this was, if those who have watched this red carpet, the question that was asked, this was from a friend of the show, someone who has been on this. I've been in contact with her for a long time. I actually met her this past summer. Alyssa from Breakfast in Beauclair was the person to ask this question. I didn't even hear the question she asked, and I didn't even hear Lauren's response because I was freaking out seeing her on yeah. there. Yeah, Sam, I can't even remember what she asked, but she looked amazing. Like, Alyssa looked so good. She was in this beautiful blue dress, and she came across so well, and then my heart stopped for her, and I was so, so happy when Lauren was Lauren uh, Hisrick said, I'm very aware of your podcast, um, uh, yeah. and I just was so happy for Alyssa. Like, it was so good. Yeah, she had told me because she has a Discord, and when she she tweeted out, yeah, she tweeted out and she put on Instagram that she was selected. I yeah. thought that initially I thought that was for something else, the other thing that you know about. Yeah. And so I messaged her about that, and she was talking about this, and I was like, "Oh, are you gonna da da da?" She's like, she kind of played it like she didn't know, and now I'm thinking mm -hmm. like, did she sandbag me? <laughs> <laughs> Does she know? Because she mentioned also, she's like, I don't know if I'm going to get on, but I'm going to wear this dress that she got that she wanted to wear for something else. And then I'm like, okay, she might have been sandbagging us to surprise us. And if she did, like, bravo, because I literally, my mouth fucking dropped. It was oh, crazy. She looked so good. Yeah. yeah. And to our, a little bit, Lauren did like one of our tweets. <laughs> She did, yeah. The so I'm like, yeah. she knows about us as well. I, yeah, I know. It's just like, okay, okay. Of course, ours is a wine bottle, which is so fitting yeah. on brand for her, isn't it? Yeah, very. <laughs> it's on there. The, uh, the, also, the biggest thing that stuck, to, uh, stuck out to me about Lauren was she was the only person I can remember that was wearing like a dress short. Like She was mm -hmm. showing them legs and I'm like, damn. She looked amazing, but I was—I just felt sorry. I was like, are you not cold? But you look so good. I felt bad for all of the actresses there tonight because they all were wearing these amazing dresses, but I could tell it must be bitterly cold in London tonight. But she looked incredible. Yeah, if, if you look like that and probably getting into shape for it, damn right, show that off. Yeah, you'll be inside soon. You'll warm up. Yeah, no kidding. Those pictures last forever, don't they? Exactly. One thing everybody mentioned about her, though, was how open she was and how collaborative she is. And we all yeah. get to see that by her Twitter account in how she will interact with everybody, including, like, hateful shit that, oh, yeah. you know, maybe she shouldn't be doing. But, hey, 
that's on her. And so that's another reason why I'm so excited for this season is because mm-hmm. I truly believe this is involvement from everybody. And I believe every one of those actors gets a say in what it is. Now, you're never going to sacrifice the story for what it is. But mm-hmm. this is not somebody that is like, this is what I'm doing. Get in line and yeah. be damned what it is. And so I just think we're going to get the best possible product this season. Oh, completely. And I think it was Joey Beatty that said um, before that he does a lot of ad lib when they're filming. Like he'll go off script and uh, improvise quite a lot. And then at the end of the scene, he said that he just looks up at Lauren and says, was it too much? And she either gives him a thumbs or four thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, that's, oh man. I Something like that to me would be just the most fun. It's It's yeah. one thing to have the script and we're doing it by the script and we're doing all this. But for him to ad-lib these things and then the other mm-hmm. actors have to stay in character and then they can even yes. play off of it, to me that would be so – you couldn't get in a rut that way. It would just be so open exactly. and new every time. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would make it a lot less. Because I sometimes think being an actor, obviously I don't know what it's like, but imagine having to do the same scene over and over and over again. It must get boring eventually. But if you've got somebody like Joey who's in there throwing different things at you each time, it would keep you on your toes a bit more and probably get – better experiences out of the actors you know who the director david fincher is no i haven't heard of him okay david fincher he did seven he did okay. did he do zodiac okay now i'm drawing a blank anyway i'm pretty sure he did those movies he is notorious he did fight club and if okay. it's not yeah. david fincher who did those movies it's whoever directed fight club <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> david fincher he is notorious for 12 takes, 15 takes, okay. 20 mm-hmm. takes of every single scene. Wow. And that's something known. I think David O. Russell is that same way as well. And it makes their movies unbelievable. Because like I said, mm-hmm. if you can't get a good take from 15 or 20, but like you said there with the actors, think of the highly emotional scenes you have to do. Yeah. And it's, okay, do it again. And then do it a dozen more times where you might have to cry. Or you might have yeah. to act like your whole world's falling apart. And something like that is just, I, I, I could not imagine it. It's a testament to the actors. And I guess it works because they're good directors. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Something like that just absolutely could not imagine being a humble teacher and coach. <laughs> Next is, as you mentioned before, is it Miss? How do you say that? I'm not sure. I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe it's something like Misia. Misia Simpson or Misha Simpson. Possibly. She is playing Francesca Findebear, and mm-hmm. I can't really give her titles too much because she she doesn't have those titles in there. She might not have it in there. But as you mentioned, it's her first acting job. She is playing Francesca, this elven mage. That's yep. what we know for now. It's all we can really mm-hmm. say for now. And she is regarded in character as the most beautiful person because you can't really say he's not a human most beautiful yeah. person in the world and ah. i think i think that kind of holds up totally i mean she looked amazing her dress was insane and she just looked so good i, I know we keep i keep saying that about everyone yeah, yeah but every time someone else came on i was like holy shit she looks amazing yeah they're gonna do them premieres in london in december is <laughs> it's, it's gonna be cold what is the temperature at least where you're at um, well, it's probably a little two? bit colder where I'm at, but it's two degrees here at the moment. Yes, look at that guess. It's all I think of when it's England at this time. I'm either going to guess between two and four. 
Yeah, definitely. Especially in the evening. It's like it's just gone nine o'clock here now. So it's it's always uh, around one or two. Yeah. Okay. It is 25 here. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good sun. I'm thinking I might actually have to get out in that sun these last few days that we have it. Although I looked up oh. and even next week, it's still supposed to be like in the mid 20s Celsius and like 80 Fahrenheit. I'm so, so jealous. I'm yeah, so it's jealous. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. Enjoy it while I still Make can. Make sure you do. Yeah, we had like the worst storm that we have seen probably well that i can remember on friday past and wow. some of my friends still don't have any electricity and it's crazy i think was that probably when we filmed our last uh podcast actually so it would be that night um that some people's electricity are gone everything all the trees are down it's just insane so yeah that's what it's been like the past few days here <laughs> damn so you are where we were back in february when we had our snow oh, really? oh it knocked oh, out yeah. <laughs> it knocked out power to texas for yeah. days some i think it was like a week hundreds of people died it didn't really go reported because it was died of natural causes because their ventilators went out L- luckily though i was living about a tenth of a mile from a fire station so okay. we never had anything, but like my parents didn't have running water for, I think it was like two to three days. That's mad. It's yep. so crazy that we can get into that state. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you understood Texas infrastructure, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> okay. We have the big three remaining. First up is Cyrilla Fiona Ellen Rhiannon. And I put in there something that considering she's 20 years old, maybe I shouldn't put in there. <laughs> uh, she looks beyond looking amazing she looks so much older yeah yeah we were discussing this before she came out um uh what we thought she was going to be wearing and whether or not it would be kind of intentional because for the first premiere i'm pretty certain siri or sorry freya allen wore this white dress and she had her hair back and she looked very fresh-faced um and young and now in this second premiere she has this dark sparkly dress on her hair is kind of over her face a little bit more and she has this dark eye makeup on or slightly darker eye makeup on and she looks a lot older like you say and she looks really hot so yeah they've, i don't know if that was intentional but they've definitely tried to make her seem a little bit more grown up i wonder if that's a personal choice on her part for roles and looking mm. like actor you know because she has to look young for this role but as yeah. she's 20, she probably doesn't want to be playing a 13 or 14 year old because mm. right now she wants to start getting older roles. And I think maybe if something like that, because I'm not joking, she looks like she could be 30. And that is yeah. not a knock being like, oh, you look like you're 30. Don't get me wrong. If mm-hmm. those that may know me know kind of the older you get, the more I might be attracted to you. <laughs> so to, <laughs> to me, it's like, hey, you look like you might be like 42, 43. That's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Because I like that. But again, we can do that later. We can bury that lead. (laughs) But I think maybe that's just what it is, is she wants to start getting adult roles. And I assume she's getting more. So I I think this might be a personal choice. Definitely. I mean, she she doesn't look 20. Definitely not. No. And then, yeah, it is incredible, though. Makeup in general, but especially just Hollywood makeup and hair and outfits, how you can look Mm. 15 and then look 30. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I do like the way they've... um, I noticed a big difference between series one and series two Siri is her eyebrows. I think that's what they've done to try and age her up a little bit for the second series. Cause in her, in the first series, her eyebrows have been like bleached. So she looks really, really young, but now they've given her slightly darker eyebrows and it makes her look a little bit more mature. 
Okay. See, that's that's why I like having you on the show, because that was something, <laughs> obviously, that's something that would have just zoom <laughs> got over my head. Then I'm thinking like, oh, OK, maybe that's I'm looking at their eyebrows like, what have they done differently? Yeah. <laughs> OK, but no, that's that's very good insight. I like it. I am very excited amongst Kyer and Nilfgaard. Siri did not have that much to do in the first season. It became a running mm-hmm. joke, almost a meme that she was, again, not to pun, but she was running the whole time. And in yeah. a way, that's that's kind of where it was, because, again, sh- she wasn't a point of view character. We didn't really get her at this time. She kind of runs away and then uh, we don't need to rehash this. But they changed a major thing from the books about Geralt and Siri having met before and then reuniting. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they met for the first time when they would have reunited in the books. It was right. a big thing but whatever it doesn't matter like it's done it's dusted whatever but i really can't wait to see siri and even freya allen as an actress come into this character because this Mm -hmm. is where this is the blood this is blood of elves this is the first novel this is when this becomes her story and so for her to take this on she's going to be with Geralt. she's going to be training she gets to do all that physical stuff and then i don't know what's going to happen because they can do their own thing eventually she can't just keep running and she kind of got to do some things and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I was excited um, hearing her speak about this as well. She was, a, I think somebody asked her, how do you feel going into the second series in comparison to how you felt going into the first series? And she was saying how she felt a bit like a deer in headlights going into the first series because she, it was probably one of her first acting jobs and she felt like she didn't know what she was doing and now she's so excited to get to do training for fighting and horse riding. She gets to do so much more in this series and she really wants to like get stuck in. Um, but I'm mainly excited to see her start to develop more relationships with new people that seem a little bit out of her comfort zone. So like, I'm very excited to see the relationship between her and Lambert. I think that'll be really fun. Um, and then see her start to trust Geralt a bit more and see their relationship grow. Yeah, Cohen, again, it, it could be different. I always preface that. Cohen <laughs> was another one that was seemed pretty close to her, like training-wise, mm-hmm. from the books. And so given with what could happen, just all of them, it's, yeah, it, it's stuff like that that I, I can't wait to see. It's not the monster fighting. It's yeah. not that this, well, the Brooks, I guess I was excited for the Brooks to fight. But mm-hmm. it's those it's those character moments. It's them being at Kaer Morin, and it's them realizing certain things. Hey, we might need this person. We might need that. You might need to do all this. And then just seeing where this goes. And I know we talked about it before with the writers in Lauren, this being her first show that she's ran, first season. Mm-hmm. They now all have that under her belt. And like you said, the actors, and they all have a year. I see a year. Well, I guess we can say it's a year, whatever. A season of experience under their belt. They now should have more chemistry with each other. They have more mm-hmm. chemistry with all the creators. And so that's what I mean. I just think a lot of the problems that people had and that I had in the first season, I think a lot of that was first time being together, first time doing things. And now yeah. the ball is rolling. And again, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I just can't fucking wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll definitely grow out of any little teething issues that came from the first series. I guess penultimate. I was about to say last up, but no, it's not last. Next is Yennefer. And I was away. I think I went to I think I went to get something to eat or I had to do something when mm-hmm. uh, Anya Chilacha was talking. But I went back and listened to it. And Yennefer mentions, or I should say, 
Anya mentions that Yen is a changed woman. She is less selfish and matures a lot. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. I was quite intrigued by this because I think um, where we're going to pick up with Yennefer is she's obviously just um, somehow transported after the Battle of Sodden. She ends up landing with Fr- Fringilla and that is that she speaks about these unlikely alliances that Yennefer makes and I'm so intrigued to know what happens because from the trailer and having not much um, knowledge about her story I, I don't really know where this is going because they seem to be she's with Fringilla and then she seems to be with some elves but are they held prisoner by these elves um, and I've just got no idea where it's going to go but I really like the way she described her as a changed woman and matures a lot. I think that's quite intriguing. And they were they were in chains, right? Is that what you said? I think. Well, I think that's what I saw. Okay, because I, I think they both were. I know Yen was. Yeah. But I don't know if Frangilla was. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I kind of forgot that, but I know I mentioned that on something else. But yeah, yeah. a fun thing again about this is it's it's kind of new also because we don't know, right? What happened after Sodden with Yen from the books? I mean. Oh, okay. There, oh my God, it's one of my, it is one of my absolute favorite moments in all of The Witcher, of everything. And oh, yeah. it's when Geralt goes to Sodden looking for Yen. Oh. And he, he did that at the end of the season. And I think they might, he might still be there. Because at the end of the season, that's where he was, right? When it ended? He, he, yeah, he went back to Siri, so. right? He went back to Siri. Yeah. Um, and she says, Who's Yennefer? Because I think she can hear him shouting, yeah. who, shouting it, for Yennefer. Yeah, and that was something. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll I'll be real quick with it, <laughs> but it's one of my absolute fucking favorite things. And actually, in one of the YouTube videos I created about, it was about the reuniting of Siri and Geralt in The Witcher Three. I mm-hmm. mentioned this part, and Geralt goes back to Sodden, to this battlefield, and it's long after. And mm-hmm. what happens is. There's this monument there, the 14 on the hill. And he goes there and he meets this, what essentially is a personification of death. And this oh. woman is almost like needling Geralt about how, at this time, he thinks Ciri's dead. Like, he doesn't know Ciri. He hasn't reunited with Ciri. He thinks Ciri's dead. And now he goes here and he thinks Yen is dead. And he can't bear to look at this final name because this mm. personification of death is almost being like, you know whose name that is. You know it's her, right? And at this point... Geralt is basically asking death to take him. He don't want to live oh. anymore. And she's like, mm, not today. Like, your, your time will come, but it won't be today. And, oh like, God. death leaves, and Geralt looks at the last name, and it's not Yen. Okay. And, like, that, I'm telling you, I will send you the excerpt of that from the books, because it's another one, even talking yeah, about it now, I'm getting, do. like, emotional about it, because that's the shit I love mm-hmm. about The Witcher, and what Sapkowski can just hit on these weird mystical philosophical things mm-hmm. and like when they cut that out from the series i get why they did it like it would have been too yeah. much the scene was already emotional enough but it's that weird shit that i like and just i don't know it's, it's stuff like that that I, I hope they can fit this stuff in because mm-hmm. I, I want that uniqueness from it and it's just it's just absolutely incredible yeah that sounds like something really interesting to read but like i one of those things that would be quite hard to portray on screen without it seeming really out of place, maybe. Yeah. Because it would be like, because anytime you talk about a personification of death, what comes up is the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, is this 
this weird woman here. What is that? Why is this woman on the battlefield? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Stuff like that I could talk about <laughs> and like <laughs> all the time. But another thing Yen mentions is these unlikely alliances. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Like with the elves and she's handcuffed yeah, with Frangilla? So exactly. Yeah. So it's, I'm wondering who she's going to, I'm, I'm guessing she's going to have to maybe talk her way around these people to get them to stop uh, treating her like a prisoner almost and who she's going to make these alliances with and what she needs to, you know, make alliances with them for. Um, yeah, it's it's got a load of questions running around in my head and none of which I have any real solid answers for yet. Yeah, I wonder if that alliance could also be Nilfgaard in, yeah. in some way. Because at this time, if they do it the same way, like the war should be over. And okay. th there should not, because Sodden Hill should have been it. The defeat of Nilfgaard at Sodden Hill stopped it. And that should be it for war uh, for the time being. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what else, I guess, can come out of that. Yeah, because the only, the only thing I can think of uh, was in The Witcher 3 where she makes the alliance with with Amir to help find Ciri but I don't know if that's going to be portrayed in the, in yeah. the show at all. And The Witcher 3 was the third Northern War. Right. Do you yeah. know what the first season of Netflix Northern War that was? Second? No. That's my guess. No, that was the first. first? Yeah. Okay, then. Spoiler. Okay, got a lot to go. Got a lot to go. <laughs> there should be, yes. Yeah, again, again, people are listening. This isn't going to be spoiled. But yeah, they're, no. again, if they go by the books, there should be something that happens. But again, uh, cross that bridge <laughs> when we get there. And uh, yeah, what's this last note of Yennefer? Uh, yeah, I just couldn't let us skip past without mentioning the red suit. I don't have anything to say apart from it was perfect. Yeah, she was sticking out, that's for sure. She looked amazing. I keep. I need to. I need to find a new word to describe people. Just incredible, <laughs> stunning, <laughs> amazing, beautiful, incredible, stunning, beautiful. Yeah, it's all. It's all right there. All right. So now we've gotten to the final character, and that would be Geralt, and it's a name that we will never forget, uh, Henry Cavill. And this is where I'm going to start talking about looks, because <laughs> it's the guy. <laughs> Go like for a, it. I'm telling you, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but I'm pretty <laughs> stunned. His suit was loose. I know. In yeah, the arms especially. It was baggy. Mm, yeah. I was I was a bit shocked at this because whenever we were seeing just clips of him speaking with press and stuff, you kind of just saw his top half and he looked great. I loved the, I think it was like a double-breasted um, tux jacket or whatever. And then when we got to his interview, it was the wide shot and we could see the full outfit. And yeah, you're right. It was kind of like it giving me like 90s suit vibes. Oh, you whew. having uh, been a teenager in the <laughs> 90s at the end, it's I, oh, my God. Let me just put it this way. And people talk about it was the 90s when I was in high school. It's 2099. So I was like 15 or 16 years old. I, I was still my same height. So I was like 6'2", like 188 <laughs> centimeters. And I weighed like 140 pounds. So thin. I don't know what that is in kilograms. I'm not gonna lie. I think <laughs> I think I'm 190, and I want to say that's like 88 kilograms. That sounds and, about right. Yeah, and so whatever 150 is, I guess take off, divide that, I guess by about 25 percent. Take about 25 percent <laughs> off, whatever that is. Too much math, especially okay. on the air. <laughs> and like in high school, I wore an extra large because yeah. that's kind of how you wore things baggy. Like I said, now mm -hmm. I'm still six two. I've gained 50, 60 pounds, and I wore a large. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because that's like that's just the times 90 oh my god just the google now, yeah. the best thing is google nba draft like suits <laughs> from the late 90s to early aughts you will you will think it's fake you'll think it's photoshop 
it, it's incredible how baggy things were. Like, mm-hmm. I almost think that something happened to a suit and he had to get a different one. Like I, I can't think? get over this because someone that fit that in that good a shape, it's yeah. hard to even get something that big. But the one thing is like you're on the red carpet, you're going to wear nice tight fitting suits. Like that's the thing. I make sure my jackets are all, you know, pretty tight. Cause that's just the look. And I'm, yeah. I, I can't get over it. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I just can't get over that. How loose, how big it was. It looked like it was <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it just was crazy, but the, no, I agree. It was, it, it's, it was a little bit odd and it gave me like someone, you know, like when a young kid would wear his dad's jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Like daddy. I feel bad saying bad things about Henry. I don't want to say anything else. Bad. Well, he, <laughs> in in a way, it's almost fitting, not fitting, but divine justice, if you will, because somebody <laughs> that good look, just impossibly handsome. He's so yeah. stupidly good looking. His personality might outrival his handsomeness. And mm-hmm. then probably better than both of those or his goddamn voice. It's not yeah. fair that somebody should have all of that. So if he can have one time where he looks funny <laughs> and I can make fun of him, I'm going to take it. <laughs> one thing I noticed about him as well is he is incredibly polite. Um, he he's t- properly he's... greeted everyone he spoke to. Even I noticed when, you know, they had the screen with the fans yeah. on the background asking questions. So he turned to listen to the girl um, ask the question. And then he said, you know, which camera do I look in so I can answer her properly? Like he wanted to look back at her to answer the question. I just thought, how sweet. Like, and then he went, oh God, that awkward moment at the end where he went to shake the woman's hand. He he has to sacrifice puppies and kittens at home and drink their blood, right? He must do. Yeah, yeah. He's got to have some sort of deal with the devil. Because you're right. When he did that, I'm like, this dude, I want to just say People like that, I wanted to be like, oh, it's fake, it's that, 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 but I, I just no. don't think it is. I don't think it is either, because everybody, every other actor as well, you know, um, Kim Bodnia was saying, he, on this morning, the interview I mentioned earlier, that he's just um, incredibly genuine and kind and really lovely to work with, so I think he is just that guy. The only other person I've heard that about is George Clooney. Yeah. George, yeah. George Clooney, every single person that has ever come into contact with him, personally, personal friends, on the set. Speaking of David O. Russell, <laughs> on the set of one of my favorite movies, Three Kings, and this great movie about the first Iraq war, like Mark Wal- young oh, Mark right. Wahlberg, young Ice Cube. It's an amazing movie. On the set of that, David O. Russell was just abusing uh, like crew. And Clooney basically stood up for them so much, them two got in like an actual legit fight. No way. Yeah, and if you look at it, I don't think he's ever worked with David O. Russell again after that movie. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, people were saying like, this was the lowliest crew member and this director just berating him. And here comes, you know, he wasn't as big as he was at that time. He was kind of on his way up for sure. Like that's yeah. when he was leaving ER. I think he was actually going back and forth between sets like of ER and the set of Three Kings. But for mm-hmm. him to do that, is incredible because you're dealing with your own career there. Exactly. And so, yeah. Yeah, and I can just imagine that from Henry Cavill, where if anybody gets out of line on that set, like that dude's not going to just be like, ah, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my trailer. But it's, yeah, to, to see him, like you said there, to look at the fan and be like, do I talk to you? Do I talk to there? Do I do there? And I'm like, this fucking mm-hmm. dude, he's perfect. Yeah. He's incredibly, um, oh, the word has went for me. Uh, just genuine. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. It was, I'm going to hate him, though, in private. 
Yeah, I'm going to love him. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, I'm not joking when I, I literally, because like we talked about on your stream as well, I believe he's like 6'2", which is my height. He is one year older than me. I'm 37. He's 38. And (sighs) I look at, you know, like the Witcher workout that I just did. I do that stuff in there and I'm like, shit, like I need to, I need to look like I'm not going to because, you know, (laughs) I don't don't have the personal trainer. I don't have the personal cook, chef and all that. And I don't have time to, it's fine, but it's like, what the hell? I can still aim for something, you know, it's one of those, you aim for the stars, you still land on the cloud kind of thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill, <laughs> I'm coming for you. You're coming. <laughs> I'm coming for you. No, and you could be his stunt double. Yeah, well, no, he's God, that dude. Like, yeah, just. I think he does his own stunts as well. Oh yeah, too. yeah. Didn't he get? Didn't he get injured? I think he, he got injured on the set of season two. Yeah. Yeah, he did something to either his thigh or his knee. I can't remember which one it was exactly. I guess yeah. When you still when you're as a list as he is, you can still do that, and when you still. Yeah you know pull a draw you can do it. but i can only imagine whenever that happened because i think it shut down production for a couple of weeks didn't it yeah it must have done yeah so well uh i guess it's worth it you know when, yeah. to get him in there but with him mm. again him talking about it the biggest thing i've said about Geralt from the first season is i thought he was very humdrum very <laughs> something like mm-hmm. that and we haven't really seen enough from the second season and the clips we have seen haven't really been with it what I really want to see is those interactions with the Witcher Bros at Caramoran about Siri and with Siri. And I'm thinking, I'm hoping, I'm not thinking, I'd say I'm hoping that's when he really starts to open up. You know, I just totally kind, of, agree, kind of in the yeah. books when he becomes, you know, when it becomes like, hey, destiny, all that stuff. And it's not just being thrust upon me. I genuinely want to be a part of this girl's life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will completely open up his personality. Um, with Siri especially because he's going to have to earn her trust I think as they travel to Kaer Morhen so I think that will totally bring him out of his shell Alright we've I think we've discussed everything in there uh, so mm-hmm. we get some final thoughts here like we mentioned before there was no Triss interview but she was there there was no Tissaia interview but she was there and Mana Burring she, she's my favorite she, she's the person I actually picked to ask a question to I love I her know. I wish you got to ask her. I think she would have loved that. Yeah, I and I really genuinely want to know it. My question was going to be basically, if you don't know out there, she did the voice of Han- Anna Henrietta as well in the Blood and Wine expansion. So that's the same actress that did Tissaia. And my question is basically going to be like, what's the difference in preparing or even acting from live action to voice acting? So I don't know. She she should still be around. So here's to next season. Yeah. <laughs> the the Zygismund Dijkstra, who another character I cannot wait to see, Graham McTavish, he was not oh. there. I think he was cast. He's in everything. He's been cast in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think he just got... Is he the little shit? He's either in Lord of the Rings or the new Game of Thrones or Ooh. some... Yeah, he, he got in one of those as well, I believe. Wow. So he's super active. Good for him. But, and again, hopefully because this dude is active, because I love him, but there was nothing from Vilgefortz. Mm. I feel like I still know very little about Vilgefortz. And, and that is... I said that on stream. Yeah. And someone commented, he's a dickhead. <laughs> See, and that's, and that's what sucks about not having read the books and not knowing, is you're yeah. ultimately, you're not going to be able to go into what his whole thing blind. And... Mm. I'm going to try to do it as long as possible, not spoil you on it. 
Yeah. But like the only thing I can say of is like he is a major character. Right. Like like no quit like he is he's I'm going to have to eventually spoil it for you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Cuz literally it's uh, yeah, whatever. We'll get there. But I have that dude's portrayal as him. I fucking love it. Like Oh, I, you like it? That's oh good. my god, like that guy again going back to everybody being so fucking handsome. Like the guy mm-hmm. just very charismatic dead on casting for Vilgefortz like absolutely oh, spot on characterization looks like I don't give a shit like I think this guy might be part Indian as well or yes yeah and so again obviously there you know what in there but again it's all about characterization and mm-hmm. I I can't wait to see what they do with him they gave you a hint of his intentions at the end of the first season do you remember what he did yeah so okay. I yeah I remember he was um sort of like seemed to be kind of getting with Tessaia and the girls, the mages were kind of going, oh, maybe we've got a new daddy. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, I think he kills somebody from our side. Yeah. Is that so right? If your side is Northern Realms. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I'm very much on the side of the Northern Okay. Realms. Well, so the thing about Vilgefortz is, and I didn't really, who do, who do you think led that battle of Sodden in the show? Who do you think it was? Or who was it who to you? I think led... Like who was the mean? leader? Who was in charge of leading the Northern Realms defense of Sodden? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure because obviously it was all the mages were sort of off doing their own thing almost, weren't they? Yeah. See, I kind of got then, that it was kind of Tessaia, right? Yeah, Tessaia was in charge, and the mages had their roles, and yeah. she was kind of leading them. And then Vilgefortz is kind of off doing his own thing. Yeah. See, that's kind of what yeah. I got too. Tessaia is in charge of Eretuza. She's kind of there. Books wise, Vilgefortz is in charge of here, like no question. Right. The bro- okay. chapter, bro- the Brotherhood chapter, the chapter is what it was called at this time, like a predecessor to the Lodge. He was in charge. He was number one person in charge of the Battle of Sodden. And right. you're right. In this, sh- in the show, he battles one on one, fights Kyer. Yeah. Kyer was not at the Battle of Sodden in the books. Oh. And so here's this badass mage, and make no mistake about it, Vilgefortz led that battle because he is the number one fucking badass mage. Like, no question. Mm. And I love how they made fun of him, how Taseya made fun of him for wearing his military garb and not his mage stuff. God, mm. I love that. Just, like, kind of like a little needle at, oh, this fucking dude, you know, thinks he's this badass and think of that, but he kind of is. So he fights Kyre and loses. That caused a massive stink amongst people mm. because really? there's no fucking way that Kyer, who, while he is a soldier in the books, he's kind of an agent. That's why he's abducting Siri. Like, that's why he's right. not fighting. Like, he's kind of this mm-hmm. undercover thing. And like I said, this badass mage loses to fucking Kyer. And so, mm-hmm. well, what I think is, I think he threw it. I think he threw okay. the fight. I don't know why, but I'm just thinking, I think he maybe threw the fight. So just, he has a lot of intentions, you know? Right. And evidenced by, at the end, you're right. He then kills the Northern Realms. That kind of lets you know what this guy might be up to. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 all I can say uh, for, okay. <laughs> for, for people out there. But no, the, I, in a way, I kind of wish they didn't hint at that. I, mm. I kind of wish they didn't plant that seed. But Like left it a bit longer? Well, yeah, because, I mean, his intentions are going to come out. But, right. like, again... I'm not going to say what happens, but with what could happen or what should happen if they're going by it, it's not going to happen until like the end of next or I should say next season. If they do it, if this is Blood of Elves and then Time of Contempt is next, that's all going to go down next season. So now they have this whole season where 
we know Vilgefortz has whatever these intentions are, but unless they change it, they can't change it up because it's such a massive event that happens. Hmm. So I don't know. B- regardless of all that, I, I I I love that dude and his portrayal. And yeah, I, I won't I won't say any more about like you said they call him a dickhead, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't kind of see on that. Okay, you had a note on here that I I kind of thought was very interesting. Mm. under my impossibly attractive we hit on that one (laughs) yeah so one thing i noticed across the whole evening is there was different segments where um the host was speaking to fans on the screen who were coming in via skype or whatever to ask questions and then there was also another host who was speaking to fans that were in the crowd who had been queuing up since whatever time this morning and i swear 90 95 percent of them were women and I just find that kind of interesting. Um, typically, these fantasy genres have kind of traditionally had quite a high level of male interest, and it's you know maybe not been as common for girls to be into it. But this just seems to be such a hit with girls, and I love it. Yeah, I mean that Henry Cavill, obviously a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a big. A big I, I think it is. It, it is a big thing, no question, but that if they didn't like the show they're not going to stay but Mm. i think there's no question it was a big and it's a big thing of the witcher books and i think it's something that the games may miss out on and a lot of the fan base misses out on is yeah there's Geralt, who's there who's this badass guy he's a badass witcher but largely especially now this becomes about siri and she's the most powerful person like on the planet or whatever the continent whatever it is like single-handedly she's the chosen one it's not the main guy you know what I'm saying? Like, that's such a big thing is usually you follow the chosen one. Mm-hmm. We're not going to follow the chosen one, at least in the books. We're following the chosen one's adopted dad who's trying to find her. And this chosen mm-hmm. one just happens to be this girl who, who has to harness this power. And then they hit, they did so well on Yen's backstory in the first season. Yeah. And I think that spoke. I'm not going to, okay, you know, I'm not going to say I think that spoke to women. I'll let women, you know, <laughs> do that. I don't know. I can just see where that spoke where that could have spoken to women, her story and transition and everything that's come about. And strong female character is something that is just, I I hate that term because basically Mm -hmm. it is at times come to mean a woman who acts like a guy. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I I, I don't like using it in that because it's just, it's almost become pejorative at times, but these are very good female characters and they're very good male characters. And I think yeah. that's just something that they may have latched onto after the initial uh, Henry Cavill interest. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That he probably attracted them when they saw it pop up on Netflix, and then they definitely stay for the relatable characters. I know what you mean about saying strong female characters. I think they are very real female characters in that they have their strong moments, but they're also very vulnerable, and they kind of share their weaknesses and power through them. And yeah, they're very relatable women. All right. Well, I think, man, we've gone long. Yeah. <laughs> but like, again, to peel back the curtain here, we were we were initially going to record the next episode about The Witcher 3 and continuing the Bloody Baron quest. But as we were watching this, it, I became super excited. Yeah. And same. you did as well. And I and we were just like, shit, should we just talk about this and throw it out? And like, no, I mean, as you could evidence by this hour and 12 minutes we're at right now. <laughs> That's yeah, no, there there's a lot to talk about. But I think more than anything, my takeaway is 
I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Like I'm doing everything in my life. I'm not oh. expecting. No, no. But here's what I mean. Let me explain it. Okay. Okay. I'm not expecting everything to be great. And like right now, I'll be honest, I'm kind of, I'm still waiting on this official job offer and to sign all of that. And mm. I'm just, I'm not, pre I'm pre I always prepare for the worst. But I'm right. not going to be like, now I'm not going to be like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm getting excited for it, but I'm not going to mm. set expectations to be like, it has to do this. It has to do that. I just can't wait to see it, and then I'll see what happens. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm excited uh, for the hype. The hype is making me excited. Yeah. I have very little expectations for what the story is going to be or, you know, like I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what the main overarch, um, you know, plot is going to be for this series but i'm kind of happy with that because i'm just going to enjoy it for what it is i'm going to enjoy the fantastic new monsters we see and this this new relationships we get to explore so yeah i'm just really excited for it and tonight has made me turn that up to 11. yeah and i've said time and time again that this is the adaptation of it that if yep. they do things different from the books, it doesn't take away from the books. It doesn't mean I can't go back and read those. You know, the print exactly. doesn't change. I can mm -hmm. still go and be like, oh, man, look at this. Like I said, some of my favorite things, they haven't been in the show. In that short story I talked to you earlier, A Little Sacrifice, I highly doubt that's actually going to be in the series because it's mm -hmm. a one and done. And it's not tied to anything to me right. other than really Yaskier's character. And it's fine. It doesn't need to be in the series because I can still go enjoy it in the book. And I hope a lot of people just don't become gatekeepers and exactly. don't are say, oh, this is a little bit different. Oh, I hate it or get hung up on appearances and all that. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. I think people need to do exactly what you're speaking about there and separate the two and just enjoy it for what it is. And like you say, if you don't like everything, that's OK. Like you can still just enjoy the story and enjoy the show. I mean, there's a live action, high budget adaptation of the fucking witcher i can't believe that it, it's even it's even happening much less successful and being hugely supported by netflix yeah it's class i'm yeah. so excited for oh, it it's amazing all right well i think that's all we got so uh until next time when you hear us actually though this is actually gonna drop today i'm gonna throw it up right there in two days from now this coming friday the shit was that the third yeah Yep. Friday the 3rd, you will hear the next episode about the Lady Baron. So this is a super special episode, and then we'll be back to regular. And then hopefully we can see the, the series a little bit sooner, and then we can record a bunch of stuff there and have a lot of uh, uh, episodes to drop when the series actually drops on the 17th. So two weeks and two days. Yeah, there you go. So stay tuned, and uh, next time we'll see you on the path.